You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Pirates Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, March 23rd. As always, I'm your host with occasionally, sometimes, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my work at places like Baseball FYI or Friars on Base, or maybe my more entertainment pop culture related stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, Film Inquiry, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, and more. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them here on the show. And today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Guys, today's episode, continuing my chat with Ryland the whole way through. It's a whole long... uh. Rest of our chat, we get crazy. We talk a little bit about the best contracts in baseball. And I, of course, give some shouts to some Padres. And you can imagine what what direction Ryland went in. And then we talk about some other guys, too. Don't get me wrong. And then we go on a whole fantasy tangent. It's a lot of fun. It's just a fun kind of podcast. It's, it'll lighten your mood for what I'm sure is a drag for a lot of you. And that is Monday. Everybody hates the Mondays. And then at the end of the podcast, guys, stay tuned for what else we got on the dock. It's going to be a big week. So stay tuned for that, guys. But until then, let's go. I actually like um, some of the there's a there's a couple regular season MVP candidates because I'm looking at it now too because I want to you know fill myself in. This is just an interesting kind of conversation I feel like heading forward. But for the MVP, I don't know. There's are we sure that what's his face can't do it? Where I don't see um, Alex Bregman. Am I biased because I drafted him in fantasy? Yeah, maybe maybe just a little uh, bit. But Alex Bregman. Oh, no, he's, he's fifth. He's fifth. He's or wait, fifth, one, yeah. two, three, four. So Alex Bradman could do it. I kind of like DJ LeMay a little bit. I, I'll be honest with you. I know it's I know it's taboo to say this about a Nationals player, but I love Alex Bregman. I love watching Alex Bregman play baseball. He's fun. He's fun. I know that the people got on him. I remember in, in school, like right before, they were making fun of Alex Bregman. Back before, like just some kids that I walked um into, into, the, into our school's radio station. This one kid was like, you know, Bregman, like, you know, he's he's always saying, like, oh, I knew we were going to win. Like, what do you mean you knew you were going to win? No, you didn't. All this stuff. And it's like, well, it's called just, you know, speaking and, like, being confident. Like, that's fine. I have no issue with that. I, I wonder what that kid, looking back, like, what that kid had to say about the Astros going <laughs> forward. But, um, yeah, I like those guys. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. The Vladdy Guerrero hype because of the weight loss, I think, has gotten a little out of control. But... I also really want to see him do well. So I can't, I don't really know how to balance that all that much. And then I think yeah, like that's you said, interesting because what if the, like what if the ads. blue Jays just come out here and the blue Jays are incredible and they're like better than mm-hmm. the Rays. Somebody has to, somebody has to make that happen. And the most likely candidate I think is Vladdy to where going to boost his odds a bit. So that way you don't lose the house. If he does pull off this miracle season in Toronto or wherever they're going to play this year, I mean, maybe they're going to still play in Buffalo. I don't really know the ins and outs of the blue Jays and you listen to locked on blue Jays for that. But mm-hmm. the MVP yeah. race is fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah, I think that 
Bobby Pete Alonso. Bobby Witt Jr. is going to win the uh, MVP for the Royals. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what, what are his odds right now? I don't even see them. Are they not out there? Yeah, I don't not even on the board, but I'm, I'm going to yeah, contact my people over at Online that AG. I'm going to contact my people over there and say to get me some Bobby Witt Jr. odds. They're going to put him at like plus a million, and I'll be able to just cash in right there because it's going to be the first ever player to only play in Arizona Fall League as his only minor league experience, go right to the big leagues and win the MVP same year. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. But anyway, let's continue on, I think, with uh, our main discussion. And one of the things I wanted to add to this uh, this time is add any other contracts we think might be now perceived as bad. You know what I mean? We already talked about the ones that we voted we, we chose last time, but I want to talk about ones that I think have at least started to arise more because of the course of last season. Granted, 60 game season, a lot of stuff happening, especially for guys who struggled. I think you got to be a little bit careful. If you struggled, you know, I don't know if I want to totally use the numbers. If you did well, that's fine. But especially if you weren't, you know, having a good season, it was just such a, you know, crap show last year. So in a lot of ways, but some of the ones that I'm adding to this, all right, I have three, I have three. And the first one I'm going to add is, is, is one that I know, I know the Nationals fans, they got a soft spot for him. But the first one I'm going to add is Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg is, I mean, he's just, he is Mr. Injury. You know what I mean? I'd say, unless if Troy Tillowitzki was still in the league, he would be the only one. Actually, there's actually one more guy that I'm going to bring up in a second. The only one of three guys that they're arguably more known for how often they're hurt amongst baseball fans versus how much they produce. Steven Strasburg ace quality pitcher borderline s tier top five pitcher when he's going good like he was um that last season when they won the the world series but i mean think about it. this guy threw five innings last season is this one of those guys are his best years already behind him not to mention the health risks are his best years already behind him and they're not are they not even going to get anything from him because i don't see how it could get better for him especially if year one of your contract you're already getting hurt what do you think yeah i think it's I think that his talent level is still there, but you're right. The injuries, I just, I have to assume, and that's the sad part about it is I have to assume whenever, like if I was the managers, the manager of the nationals and you're kind of right, right now around this time, you know, we're at the middle of March, end of March, you're kind of planning out what you want to have happen this year. Let's say that you have you know, a thousand innings to get through, to make it through the season of those innings. I have to assume that even though Scherzer, I mean, excuse me, even though Strasburg might be my two or three in the rotation, I have to assume that while he's there talent-wise, like talent innings-wise, he's, he's going to miss half the season. I just have to assume that. Mm-hmm. And then if he doesn't, I am perfectly happy with that, obviously. But I need to prepare myself for him to miss half the year. And anytime you have to do that and you're paying him big money to prepare yourself that he'll miss half the year, it's never a good thing. But whenever he's on, he's on, of course. But I, I just, yeah, I think that it's a bad contract because I think that he will continue to get hurt, sadly, even though we hope he doesn't. It's one of those contracts where I don't want to quite call it like it's not a bad deal. You had to make this deal. You just won the World Series. Keep your ace. That's I, I'm not faulting the Nationals. I'm just saying I think that in a couple years we might be like, oh, I don't know about I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. It's a seven year, two hundred forty five million dollar contract, by the way, for everybody that wants to know. Um, so, yeah, Steven Strasburg. Is this me being a little jilted, a little biased because I drafted him in fantasy last year? Maybe. Maybe, maybe just a little bit, but I really do think that Strasburg, it's just, it feels like too many things need to go right for this guy. So I think at some point we're going to see this guy making, you know, 35 million a year and he's just pitching maybe 80 innings a year. I mean, it could, it could get really dark real quickly, but then again, Nationals fans, 
they won the World Series and they had that amazing Howie Kendrick moment. So in a lot of ways, I bet they don't even mind all that much. He is kind of there. And he really was their guy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he was there. Oh, yeah. I still remember when the stories, if, if not for Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg was Mr. National for a while. He was the guy that I tuned into Him ESPN and, and they were like, and, and Zimmerman too. But Strasburg, everyone's like, this is, it was like a, an urban legend almost the way they talked about this guy coming up. They're like, the Nationals haven't been good in so long and they have their new hope. Here's coverage here at ESPN. We're talking about Sports Center. Like, look at the stands. All of the fans are hype. I distinctly remember like getting up for like summer camp or something like that. I think at the, you know, my middle school age and turning on the TV and they're talking about it and he has like a pretty exciting start. Like, he really was a lot, a lot of hype around him. Uh, on the come up and then Bryce Harper comes in and just becomes makes Strasburg's hype look like a like those little like little <laughs> they're not firecrackers but those things that you throw out the ground on 4th of July or whatever that make a little sound effect compared to the the like the atom bomb that was Bryce Harper's level of hype I mean I just I still remember watching that first game I don't know about you did you watch Harper's first game because I remember I did and I was absolutely. just absolutely like, it was so exciting listen I was like this, they called him LeBron you know there's two players I skipped everything and watch debut one was bryce harper mm-hmm. the second one okay <laughs> it was a friday afternoon and it, it was right as the, as the season started you know they manipulated service time chris bryant made his debut mm. in the afternoon of a mm. school day i faked sick so well that morning i <laughs> faked sick to make sure i could watch chris bryant's debut and now look at him he's on the trading block and is just kind of a forgotten soul. But I thought Chris Bryant was going to be this Hall of Fame, can't miss kind of guy. I had to see his debut, and then it turned into that. I will say for Strasburg, though, as we're talking about his contract, mm-hmm. it would be a huge blow to the ego for sure. But if he has another year or two where he's getting hurt constantly and he's not making it as a starter, what if you just put him in the bullpen and said, you know what? Get yourself ready, get your body ready, and then for one inning every couple of nights, you just give me everything you freaking have, and you'll be this dominant bullpen arm for us, and, and, and you'll be able to elongate your career a little bit that way. Mm. Huge mm. bowl of the ego, and I know that he wants to be a starter, but if this trend continues, that might be a way to salvage some of this. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good point, I mean. That's a good point. Um yeah, I mean, I mean, Tim Lincecum famously uh, was turned into a reliever. I think that's one of the more famous ones we have and helped them win a World Series. So for him, it's great. Um, all right. So I've got a couple more. All right. Let's 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 get right through these. And the next one is an obvious one. I feel like we don't need to talk about it much because it's so obvious. I can't believe we didn't bring it up last time. But Miguel Cabrera, uh, yeah. Miggy, love him to death. He's awesome. Like he really just as a pure hitter was the only guy for a stretch that I think I would have taken as a hitter over Mike Trout, um, at least for a stretch when he was still in his prime. Then he signs the contract and more power to him. Um, but yeah, that one's really rough. And it wasn't long after that the Tigers were bad. That's why I think it should be brought up. While, you know, at least the Nationals did get a World Series and this is kind of like a reward contract that they gave him. For Miguel Cabrera, it was they were expecting to really be competitive. And they weren't able to do that. So shout out to Miguel Cabrera, still an all-timer for sure. But that one's up there. Um, this one's kind of funny almost. Jason Hayward, three years, he's got three years, $65 million remaining. He's making 20, 20, uh, $21 million this year for the Cubs. I totally forgot about Jason Hayward. Jay Hay, as they sometimes say, um, <laughs> was one of the guys that 
like he was supposed to be that final piece for the Cubs. And really, because the Cubs won the World Series is why I don't think they really care right now. But and because he has that apparently like Aaron Sorkin level speech apparently in the locker room, which is what everybody said that got them the famous them for that game seven. speech in Kansas City. Yeah, the Barlubanias speech. There's something to be said for those speeches, but I'd say that one is is pretty bad. He's not like an awful player. But at that contract, absolutely awful, like genuinely pretty deplorable. And he was once like a top prospect in all of baseball. And I guess it just didn't really pan out. Instead, he just became a regular, a guy you wish you could have, but you'd rather have him at a salary of like, say, Brett Gardner versus, you know, what he has right now. Um, and the last one I think that needs to be brought up is one that I've noticed. You know me, I'm plugged into New York media Twitter. So I notice all this stuff. <laughs> it's got to be brought up. Giancarlo Stan. Oh, this one goodness, is, Bobby. oh man, it's seven years, $208 million remaining on his contract. Okay. That hmm, Stanton, when he's healthy, man, is awesome. And kind of so nonchalantly awesome, by the way, I, I hate his swing. It's the most winky dink little boop swing in the world, but it the ball exit velo is like 165 miles an hour so. That's one thing, but I don't know, man. The Yankees fans have been paying attention. It's real bad. Uh, what do you think? You know, I, I'm going to cut this out of my podcast because Royals fans hate the Yankees as every fan base does. <laughs> we were robbed as baseball fans because of his health, and, and I hope that he's healthy this year because as baseball fans, we should have a home run chase between him and Judge. I, I want them both to be healthy and both to be battling each other for the home run race. It happens in New York. It gets baseball back into the spotlight. And we just need that as a sport to get back some relevance. And we're robbed of that so far. And I hope that they can both stay healthy and both kind of turn this around this year. But it, it's hard to consider anything a bad deal for the Yankees. They just can make True. anything go away and just print money, it feels like. Uh, but going back to Jay Hay, you're right about the prospect thing. That was my that was one of the first games I ever remember that, that ESPN picked up as a spring training game. Because, oh, look, Jay Hay made it to brave spring training. We got we to gotta show it. We got to show it. And I, I, that's my first time watching Jay. I think he had like a, a wild triple or something. And it was just awesome in that first game in spring training. But my only addition to this, Trevor Bauer. Again, All right. Okay. It, Do it. it Speak it, on it now. It's hard to say the Dodgers are wasting money because it's the Dodgers. But I know he has all the opt-outs. And I know that Trevor Bauer is a crazy person. So he could go and have a terrible year this year and then opt out just for fun. But you just paid a guy this amazing AAV. And he has a four ERA in his career. He has a 3.9 ERA for his career. He's had one good season. Before last year, he was cutting himself with a drone and it was a mess and was throwing balls over the center field wall. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't get out the sorry Royals that year. He was a mess. He was a disaster uh, before mm -hmm. last year. And, and a disaster, not in the sense of like a Chris Young type guy, but a disaster in the sense of like he was a, a mediocre pitcher, not worth what you just gave him in, in L.A. And if I had to bet, we all talk about sample size and we all talk about numbers in baseball. Then why are we basing Trevor Bauer on a 73 inning sample size? We have an entire we have an entire booklet of, of Trevor Bauer already. We have a thousand innings and in those a thousand innings. He's been a three point nine ERA type of guy. Uh, that's that's not worth like just all the money they dished out to him, in my opinion, for him to be an average pitcher. I don't think that you do that, but it's the Dodgers, so they can afford to do that. It's not like it's another organization. I just think that you could look at this and say, ah, probably shouldn't have done that one, but 
it's okay. It's whatever it is. But that's kind of the way the Dodgers view bad contracts. They can kind of get out of it. Absolutely. That's a great point. But I agree. Now, granted, I think the Dodgers are just saying, screw it. Like you said, they are the Dodgers. And if he turns out good, great. If he turns out just okay, i.e. someone who's maybe got like a an ERA just above three, but gets like 250 Ks, something like that, and maybe has a couple playoff moments. They're like, all right, screw it. We only have him for a few years. So I do agree. The average annual, definitely an albatross, but I don't. I think I disagree a little bit in terms of the the whole contract as a whole being super bad. All right, now hold on, guys. Got to take a quick second to talk to you about something important. That is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football has been long over, but the NBA, college basketball with March Madness, which I'm sure a lot of you are real upset right now. We had tons of upsets this weekend, but also the NHL. They're all in full swing, and baseball is soon to come. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. That's right, it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And also, guys, right before we get back into this chat, let me talk to you about the best all-around general sports podcast around. That is Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. The host, Mr. Mister Icon, Mr. Legendary Man, Peter Bukowski, he updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including sometimes yours truly. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Rylan. Um, But let's spread some more love around. I feel like we've been fairly negative on this podcast talking about albatross contracts, which is very mean, especially for a lot of these guys that are just trying to make a living here in some way. But let's talk about from a team perspective, some of the guys that have the most team friendly deals. Is it good for them? Probably not. But what are some of the most team friendly deals in baseball? I have a few and hopefully you do as well. Um, Let's start off with, I think, number one, easily the best value deal. I think currently in baseball right now, I bet you know what I'm going to say. Shout out Dylan Short of Lockdown Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, this guy is one of the one of the things I'm looking forward to, and I've said this a lot on the podcast, at least my podcast, um, quite a lot, is this might be the season where we really do see the official passing of the torch to the next generation of young superstars. And I think we have the trio. We have the trio of you know El Nino himself, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, who... Terrifies me. I, I've said this before. I think he is very scary as a man at the plate. I'm terrified at his on-base skills. And then Ronald Acuna Jr., who's a nice, another all-around great player. Um, he signed an eight-year, $100 million deal that will become a 10-year, $124 million deal if the Braves exercise two options at the end of the contract. I don't know about you, but that's clearly like the biggest bargain uh, price in baseball for a guy that might be one of the biggest stars in the league in a few years. Or if or already, yeah, that that's a wonderful contract. Yeah, that's that's incredible. You have another one. You want me to go? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> oh, you want me? To, I, I thought you were going to say some more words about that. Um, but uh, hey, yo, Acuna. I mean, how much can you say about Acuna? He's good. That's a good what point. Do you, what we wanted to do. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, and then my other ones are super homer picks. I'm going with for different reasons. I'm going with Blake Snell because I think that this is an ace quality guy who only has a few years left on his deal 
And if he is that ace quality guy, he's won a Cy Young before. I think that's a really good contract. Helps the Padres a lot. This is a Hober pick, so call, feel free to call me out of my BS if you want. And then a little bit, I thought maybe to mention Mike Clevenger here, because if he comes back and is the regular Mike Clevenger, that's also yet again another discount to add to the rotation. What do you have, though, Riley? I want to I hear from you before we get to more. Yeah, so I think that this is a bit of a homer pick, but I think that it's kind of just well-regarded around baseball that Whit Merrifield's on an amazing deal. He's mm. on a four-year contract worth $16.2 million, and he's an elite hitter, and he can play almost every position on the field. He can play right field, which is where he's typically at nowadays, second base, third base. You know, He can play all the outfield positions, center field even, first base. He can play anywhere you want him to play while being an elite hitter. That cannot be stressed enough how elite he is at the plate. Uh, he doesn't have the home run record or anything like that, but he, he can do it all at the dish and get it done there for $16 million. You, if you, like, think about if I just offered his services to a baseball team in general for $16 million, what team would say, no, he is so versatile and can play everywhere that he'd go to any team, any team in baseball could use him literally any single one. He's that good. He's that elite. And he's playing for $16 million in this day and age where guys are getting hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the key thing with with Merrifield really is the versatility. The fact that he could play like a bunch of different positions. And do you think that the Royals are looking to trade him? Because there were like little mini little rumors that the Padres were interested last year, which I don't fully want to buy into because I've said a hundred times on the pod, AJ Preller is interested in anyone he thinks is good at baseball, i.e., like about 78 players in the league at all times he's interested in. So I don't always think that means too much, but do you think the Royals could be end up uh, moving him anywhere? Yeah, there were some talks about that with other teams too last year about moving with Merrifield. I think that it won't happen this year. I think that no matter if they're good or bad this year, it won't happen. And then you move on to 2022. And if you still are at the deadline of 2022 and you're not particularly good in Kansas city, which we all hope that they are good. That's kind of the year that they're targeting to be good is 2022 then you could start talking about moving him because at that point he has $2.7 million in 2022. And then he has a club option for 6.5 in 2023. So you'd gain two years of control for a 33 and 34 year old with Merrifield, who is again, an elite hitter and versatile. And I, I just don't think he'll get moved because you have to bank on the Royals plan working out. And if the Royals plan works out, they'll be good for the rest of this contract where they start out really bad. Of course, they weren't good in 2020 or 2019, but they're starting to turn the page here in 2021. They'll be a respectable, hopefully a third place team or better. And then next year they'll be really good. And then in 2023, they're hopefully going to be a championship level good or at least contending, or at least a solidified playoff team good in 2023. And he'd still only be under control for $6.5 million. There's nothing to pay for the, the way that he plays baseball, but he's a very valuable player. I mean, look at Ben Zobrist. The Royals do not win that World mm-hmm. Series without Ben Zobrist. And the Cubs the next year do not win that World Series without Ben Zobrist. Like he, he's that kind of player, and, and, and that versatility helps him a lot, and he's an even better hitter than Zobrist was. I think that he is one of the most team-friendly deals in all of baseball. Yeah, I think that that's a I think that's actually a pretty solid pick, even if it is a homer pick. I do agree. Uh, another one that I thought of, which might make Padres fans a little bit frustrated, but it's only for this year. Granted, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent afterwards. But Chris Taylor for seven point eight million, um, luxury tax salary six point seven. I actually think that's pretty good. That guy's a solid, another kind of versatile player who could play some good defense and batted really well for them back um, last season, twenty twenty. He was really good for them and. Unfortunately, gives me nightmares because of when he threw out Trent Grisham at home in one of their games. But he's very good. I think that that's a pretty good contract. I think to an extent, 
see, I don't want to bring up some of the young guy contracts because they're they they can't sign. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to bring up mm-hmm. someone like yeah. Bellinger like just Jr., yet. Who's going to be the MVP <laughs> of his first year? Of course, he's not going to be making a lot of money. That's yeah, true. like guys like that. Yeah, I think that you know it's it's their first year. Reese Hoskins, you know, what I mean, is another one great on base guy. Uh, like an, an average, I think his on base percentage is something like three seventy for his career. He's great, has good power. Um, Can I thought one more, just one more homer pick that I don't think is that much of a homer pick. Go for it. Listen, folks. All right, settle in for the, for this homer type pick. Salvador Perez. Salvador really? Perez. He's think of how okay. many catchers there are in baseball that are any good. How many good catchers are there? Mm-hmm. You have that number in your head. It's not very many. <laughs> so for the services of one of the few good catchers in baseball, he's an expiring contract worth thirteen million dollars. You're going to pay one of the best catchers in baseball thirteen million dollars. Mm. That, that's a mm. very valuable deal. Whenever you can think of what JT Ramuto, he's really good, getting paid a lot more than that. Yeah. What what other great catchers are there out there besides Perez and Ramuto? I mean, there's not that many. There really aren't that many. That's a great point. Um, Especially he hit last year. Last year was one of the best hitters in baseball. Which I don't think will happen this year, but I think he's better than Yasmani Grandal. I think that he's better than him. He's, and and Grandal is being paid a lot more than Perez. I disagree I, slightly, but okay. All right. Keep going. No, keep going. Keep going. Please keep going. Is he better than Gary Sanchez? Because yeah. that's, we're yeah. all the way at Gary Sanchez now. So <laughs> I think he's better than old ass Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. And I think he's better than Yadier Merlina in this day and age. In the year of our Lord 2021, he's better than Yadier Merlina. So that you have you have two catchers ahead of him. You have JT, I assume, and Grandal. So for the third best catcher in baseball, in your opinion, you only owe him $13 million. That is a heck of a deal. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. I, I you, Both of your picks being Homer picks speaks volumes to who you are as a man. <laughs> Ryland. No, if you ask if you ask my if you ask my audience, my audience thinks that I hate the Royals. They think that I'm just this incredibly negative, terrible person that I hate the Royals. I mean, all right, sure, yeah, okay. So it's all, all right. it's all about perception, you know. It's all about perspective. <laughs> I'll allow it. The people, the listeners, can make up their mind. You know what I mean? Because the listeners are the ones that matter. Last one I want to bring up that I forgot to bring up. I am ashamed that I hadn't jotted this down because I just I. I got so caught up in Acuna's deal, obviously being the best. Jose Ramirez, a two-time silver slugger, was exceptional last year. I know that his 2019 was bad, but Babip was really low. Uh, I think that there was just some bad luck there, and you know he got hurt. Was awesome last year. Um, four years, he's a, he becomes a free agent again in 2024. I'm looking at spot track right now. Four years, 26 million for Jose Ramirez. Can I interest you in four years, 26 million for Jose Ramirez, Riley? Absolutely. And I think that there's, two, I have two more that are not Homer picks for the best contracts in baseball okay. after you're done. Well, yeah, I was just going to say Jose Ramirez. Uh, I think there's a case to be made that maybe him, Corey Seager, perhaps are the most underrated stars in baseball. I'd say um, th- those are the two that I would pick. Um, Jose Ramirez, a uh, pretty good defensive player, all arounder, went really high in our fancy draft, of course. And I don't think people should let that one 2019 season where it was, it was just a lost season. It happens. Um, this guy has the potential to be a game changing piece. And I want to see how good he is this year. And then it's going to be really exciting when he hits um, free agency. I know he'll be a little bit older. He'll be about 30, 31, but uh, great player. 
super all around type player. I know that I think that the was they broke protocol recently. I think it was Jose Ramirez that did, unfortunately for Cleveland in terms of the the quarantine protocols, but one of the best contracts in baseball along with Acuña in my opinion. Well, I mean, sticking to the Central, which I guess the Central is the only division that knows how to give out good deals because we've now mentioned two Royals and we're about to mention two White Sox. Can I interest you in the AL MVP for $16 mm. million? Mm. That's the average annual salary of the AL mm. MVP. $16 million mm. this year. And then he goes all the way up. Now, this is the MVP, folks, all the way up to a scorching hot $18 million next year. So I give you the MVP for two for two years, and the most you pay him is eighteen. That's a heck of a deal. Agreed, agreed. And Jose Ramirez, maybe he could also fit in that underrated stars of baseball. I mean, like you say, he just won the MVP last year. Really good player. Um, can't wait to see what the White Sox do this year. They're definitely going to make noise. All right, guys, one last message before we can finish up with Rylan. I need to talk to you about another form of madness. It's not just March Madness that's going on this month in college basketball, but we also have Built Bar Madness, and that's determining the best of the best protein bars around. You guys already know about them. High fiber, high protein, low sugar, low calorie. They're the best tasting protein bar out there. But now let's talk about today's matchup. It is coconut versus birthday cake this is a toughie this is a toughie because coconut not typically a flavor uh i love usually in a lot of things it's not my like first choice for a lot of flavors but i really like the built bar version and then birthday cake i actually just recently tried and guys i know i know i know i know i, I want to go coconut here i really do i really do but i'm gonna have to go birthday cake that thing just tasted like, uh, I mean, it was very birthday cake flavored. It was just a white chocolate like type of that's what it felt like to me. That's the energy that this thing had. I have to vote it ahead. I have to, even though I really feel bad about it with coconut. But still, guys, if you want to follow along with how all the matchups are going and stuff, go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar of them all. But Rylan... Do you have any last kind of little quick things that you're looking forward to for this 2020 season? Because I imagine we won't be talking for a little bit since we're not in the same division or even in the same league. Obviously. We'll make time. We'll make time. We'll make time. We'll make time. We always make time in subways. But um, do you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, well, before you really cut me off there, my last contract is uh, six years, $50 million, an average <laughs> annual salary of 8.3 for Luis Robert. White okay. Sox. Uh, yeah. He's really mm-hmm. good. He's on my awesome. fancy team, too. <laughs> He's yeah, great. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I hate your fancy team, by the way, because you wouldn't trade me Benatendi unless you bent me over the barrel and showed me the 50 states. But either way. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man, I couldn't do the other trade. What do you want from me? No, I no, no. You know what? No, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're, we're already over time. Sean's going to kill us, but it doesn't matter. Listen, <laughs> I want those of you in the audience right now, both audiences, Royals fans and Padres fans, tell me. This trade, if you'd accept it or not, okay? Now, first of all, i got to get the trade back because I, I don't know this guy's name that I tried to trade out of the Emperor. So that might, that might lean some things because I don't know the guy's uh-huh. name that I tried uh-huh. to trade him. Mm-hmm. Says a okay. lot now, doesn't it? Here we go. Austin Hayes, an outfielder for the Orioles, positional ranking 29, if you mm-hmm. do care about the rankings of, of fantasy baseball, at least on ESPN. This is a guy who was amazing for the Orioles last year. I didn't know existed him, but here's the kicker plus from Reyes for four 
Andrew Benatendi, who's had two disastrous years, Andrew Benatendi has. So Javi would not agree to that deal until I shipped him uh, Luriano, <laughs> who's the 17th best outfielder in baseball, mind you. Mm-hmm. According yeah. to ESPN. So he According absolutely got away with, with highway robbery in this deal because he just wanted to to just mess up my team. Look, Rylan, here's the thing. Here's the thing that you're forgetting. As usual, you like subtracting context from things. That way you can prove <laughs> to be the victor in whatever debate it is. It's, it's a proven strategy. Look at the state of the world, ladies and gentlemen. It is a proven strategy that works. But let me add that context for everybody, okay? In our league, and I talked about this with Gabrielle the other day about our podcast. Oh, it's a 16-team. No, no, no. Yes, yes, I am bringing this up. It is a 16-team league, right? And one of the reasons me and Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants, who's a little bit of the co-commissioner, we decided, okay, if we keep the regular rosters how they usually are in standard ESPN things, we would be going to, like, pick number 470. That would mean we'd be getting guys like uh, the Padres equivalent. It's like Jorge Mateo is the type of guys you'd be drafting, right? You know, no disrespect to him, but bottom end of the bench type of players. So we decided, let's limit this. All the good players should be gone by then anyway. So what happened is... We, we subtracted some of the outfield spots. There's only three outfield slots, and then there's one utility slot. I have J.D. Martinez on my team, so I would have no place to put Fran Milrez, who I would have loved, by the way. I, I really – I want – of course, do I want Fran Milrez? Of course I want the Franimal. Are you kidding me? Of course I want the guy. But well, I didn't necessarily have a place spot. to put him. But I did not we – well, that's what, you, spot? that's what utility is for. Utility is for, like, anybody you want. We should have a designated DH spot. What are we, the the National League? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you raise a good point. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I this rest my case. On me. This Jury, I rest on my me. case. Look, man, I, I, I didn't see any of you. All right, I'm going to throw this at you. I didn't see any of you Cretans responding in the chat <laughs> when asking about what do we think about the Raj stuff. Not a single peep. From I a single person. I thought it was self-explanatory that we're in the Stone Ages, that we weren't doing fantasy baseball on a kitchen napkin. That we'd have a DH spot in the year this of our is, Lord, 2021. Mm-mm. This is disgraceful. It's I. There's nothing I despise more than people who do not take the action and then complain <laughs> that the results were not what they wanted. No, no, no. You were offered an opportunity. I'm getting upset. I'm taking off my, my, my snuggie that I wear. I'm getting upset. Look, did I potentially get away with highway robbery? Maybe. We don't know that for sure. That's why I like approving all trades in fantasy baseball, by the way. This one will be going through soon. My thing is, we don't know. What if Ron Lariano stinks? We don't know that. And what if Andrew Benatendi is what he was a few years ago? That's that's probably better than what Laureato gives you. But this idea, Rylan, that you had no that you were blind. So I asked everybody. I asked every. I'll pull up the receipts. I'll post them after this very podcast. Right? No, so I you're going to leak DMs. That you're going to leak yeah. DMs. Oh, now. I'll okay. leak the DMs. I will leak the receipts, sir. This idea that you know, I'm just saying. You have to provide context, and not a single person really helped out except for Ben. I asked him. He said, yeah, I think this is about right. Should we have probably added the DH spot? I'll give you that. We probably should have. But no one brought that up, so I do not think I deserve nearly that much hate. I think I deserve maybe like 30% hate for that, uh, for the DH situation, because I also have played with the DH before as a position, and then it's just a little bit annoying, honestly. So whatever. 
Everyone wants to hate. They can hate. Bottom line, I can't wait to play in fantasy baseball. Kick your ass. Wait, what do you think of my team name? Because I changed it since you and uh, Gabby did that, that that show. Gabriella did that show. I don't even see. Let me see. I'm trying to see it. Now, now picture that my team has Brady Singer on it, though, before you read it. The Mass Singer. Brady Singer. Okay. Okay. It's your Cy Young winner for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> okay. Another thing, by the way, everybody, Riley wants to complain about teams. You know who his number one starting pitcher is? Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. Maybe you no. should have drafted better, my friend. Jesus. It's, it's Brad Keller now that I picked up on the waiver wire after the draft was over. Brad it's Keller owned Brad in Keller. an astounding 4.9% of leagues. <laughs> That's plus plus 0.5%. So you went, you really did go the ante of Connor Nuka with our league. Connor Nuka went all starting pitchers, all of them, and you just went all offense and all relief pitchers. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened last year in in the Lockdown Royals Fantasy League, which I'm thinking about restarting if you want to hop in. Mm -hmm. I went all starting pitchers. I had every ace of every team, and I sucked. It was a disaster. (laughs) I so I I decided to try the other way. I probably should have balanced it out instead of going one way or the other. Uh, but still, we'll see. As long as I beat you and don't finish last, I'm okay. I'm okay with whatever happens. Let the chips fall where they may. Honestly, that's fair. How, that's fair. Who's going to be the first person though that it's evident that they're not caring at all about this year? That they're not even updating their lineups. They're not paying well, one bit of attention. And and I think that my prediction is is Nash Walker or Ryan Finkelstein. It's close. It's close, but I, here's the thing of, of Lockdown Twins and Lockdown Mets, respectively. But here's the thing. There is a grab bag of prizes on the line for this league. I know not everybody, probably because they don't check the damn group. They probably don't know that we basically all agreed on this. So I don't care if they don't check. If they finish last place, then they're going to be given that first place person all of the rewards. That for now will remain. A non, um, we won't reveal what the rewards are going to be. Um for now to all listeners but Ryland, this has been such a fun talk um even though you decided to go rogue at the end and try to frame <laughs> me and slander me here on this podcast um the last thing the one more oh, thing okay over here. all right Bobby, <laughs> yeah i want to congratulate us for making it to this point in the season we've been through a lot this last year as all of us have but we've mm-hmm. had to figure out a way to talk about baseball every single day amidst mm-hmm. the pandemic in a sport that does absolutely nothing Right, nothing. That doesn't, that doesn't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And we've we've managed to get here. And for my audience, and for I'm sure yours as well, this is the final hurrah. This is our last kickback, just goofing off, stupid mm-hmm. little podcast we're gonna produce <laughs> because it's it's go time. Baseball season's here. I was I was planning out my shows, Javi. I don't know if you're aware of this, but after this podcast, we have eight more shows until opening day. There's a lot to get really? to. Season pre- we have season previews. We need roster projections. Oh, my God. We need everything. We need opening day roster really? breakdowns. Eight more shows until opening day if you're going to go Monday through Friday. That's it. Oh, After my God. Oh, my <laughs> I God. See a, I see a light bulb going off in your head. You have eight more <laughs> like, I didn't realize yeah. that. To get all the preseason content in. So this is our last little goof-off podcast we can afford because we've got to get this preseason content up. Yeah, Which we, we need this to is re- definitely... reconvene next week. Yeah, this is a must-listen-to-show, too. <laughs> it's a, this was a must-listen-to-show. How dare anyone accuse us of wasting an hour of their time by talking about almost <laughs> nothing? Because we're going to do it again <laughs> next week whenever we preview the entire MB season. Yeah, yeah, maybe we, we might have to do that. We might have to do that. But uh, Tom's way of saying, heck no. 
<laughs> no. uh, but uh seriously all seriousness uh rylan uh check out him at his podcast at uh lockdown royals and check out lockdown thunder he does a great job there he was just on locker room um earlier in the day at the time of this recording he was great on there too rylan's great one of my good friends at locked on everybody rylan styles javier reyes forever see you later bud see ya man and zip zap it you do everybody that is it for my discussion with mr rylan styles of locked on royals and locked on thunder i hope you guys enjoy it because i know i did i really enjoyed the the podcast i thought it was absolutely off the wall ridiculous and i thought we we need a little off the wall ridiculousness every now and then to break up some of the seriousness we go through on this podcast but before we talk about the future of this podcast and how we're going to get more serious and stuff or semi-serious i guess you could say i need to quickly talk to you about something very important that's going on uh beginning this wednesday locked on mlb podcast they're featuring one of our biggest events of the year the locked on mlb division preview series all of our local experts in every mlb market answer the biggest questions around each team yours your including yours truly uh follow lock.mlb on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast guys be sure to do that and so is also just great a great host of general so go check out lockdown mlb now in terms of the future of this podcast tomorrow i'm going to be posting the locker room episode that i did uh or i should say not that i did but that i went live with back on wednesday for st patrick's day and it was just all over the place and Another fun podcast. So maybe I was lying before when I said we'll be getting more serious this week, I guess. Uh, but, you know, that's going to be coming on. We're going to be, it's a lot of Padre stuff and then a lot of silly stuff on the side, a little bit of half and half. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Talked with a bunch of random fans and stuff like that. It was really a lot of fun. And then on Wednesday, we have Division Day with Sir Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies. I can imagine. Uh, Ryan, it's probably going to be a dark season for him. It's probably going to be tough for him, so I can't wait to talk to him about that, all that stuff for the Rocky stuff, and I imagine you guys are going to enjoy it too. And then Thursday, Friday, Thursday, I'm planning on definitely maybe recapping the spring training game on Wednesday, specifically because it was just announced today. I'm recording this on a Sunday night, actually. It was just announced that Denelson Lamette is going to make his spring training debut on Wednesday, and I really want to go over that pretty quickly, I think. I think that that's a, a very important spring training development, arguably the most important one that'll happen for the Padres in the spring training. So going to be doing that. And also, sometime later this week, maybe Friday, we'll see uh, if I have room for it, depending on what happens. I'm going to be talking with Emily Nyman, who hosts the Breaking Balls pod, and is... It's going to be fun. It's a fun discussion, I think. And we're going to be talking about what other, you know, there's discourse over the summer about who is worthy of a baseball documentary, the style of The Last Dance, who's worthy of it. We're going to be talking about that. And if anybody knows her on Twitter, then you know where she might be leaning. And that's why I invited her on. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But that's it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. Remember, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever you find it. And while you're at it, if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.